Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, bad news for the Boston Globe. Good news for Bob Kraft. The uh, charges are going to be dropped in Florida, which means all those folks at the Boston Globe were hoping to see the video. They were hoping to see Bob Kraft uh, in all his glory. Not going to happen, apparently. Also today, how silly, how childish is it to think a woman, a Supreme Court justice's fervent dying wish should trump the Constitution. We will talk about that and the NFL. NFL, the 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 mask, the mask Gestapo is out of control in the NFL. The Emmys, if you haven't seen it, uh, probably haven't because no one was watching at the Emmys. Jimmy Kimmel gets humiliated. We will play you that sound, and, uh, and we'll talk about Jason Whitlock getting censored by Twitter. Uh, today, we'll talk about all that with uh, friend Alex Reamer. Today on the Callahan Podcast, brought to you as always by DCU. Why do DCU members love their free checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly pay- monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, no strings attached. What's better is that with direct deposit to their free checking account, DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They'll even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at dcu.org slash free checking, insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, Colleen, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. Let me just say right off the start here, Alex, that uh, we're going to talk, we're going to get to the Emmys. We're going to talk about the Emmys, the ratings, Jimmy Kimmel. We're going to get to all that. And I'm just so glad that I have a podcast that uh, I, I am not regulated by the FCC because we're going to, we're allowed on this podcast to say the name of the show that swept the Emmys, my wife's favorite show. Mine too. Shits Creek. Poop Creek. Ooh, that's so liberating. That just feels, that she'll feel so fun. Shits Creek. And the Emmys. There's a certain creek that you're not allowed to say the name of the show for. Uh, writing and script writing, screenwriting. Shits Creek. Oh. Poop Creek. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> don't you bleep that, Cullinane. Don't I, you bleep I won't, that. I won't. I will not. Cullinane has a dump button right By there way, in his home random, office. Speaking of random shit, did you see that viral video going around yesterday of the woman who was running away from uh, the police because she had to take a shit, so she was I, getting pulled over? Did you see that? I saw the, no. the tweet. I didn't uh, click on the video. But oh, you did, he, watch it. did he let her go? Because, I mean, that's no. a good, good reason. Let her go. Did not let her go. And there's a great, like, actual news coverage on it with the hottest female anchor I've ever seen in my life in Oklahoma. And uh, it's fantastic. It's actually like she reports it in a serious way. Fantastic video. I'm, I'm sure the cops have heard that a thousand times. And most of the time, it's not not legit. People are just trying to talk their way out of a ticket. But uh, police brutality. Uh, there you go, right there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The next thing he did, he took out his taser. and He tased her and then he beat her and then he shot her in the back. And uh, but she's white. It's so more it's preferable good. to being forced to hold in. Uh, you know, if you have to go. I would think. <laughs> no kidding. No, just let it go. Oh, oh God, disgusting. Uh, all right, for, we're gonna, uh, like I said, when we get to the Emmys, we're going to talk about Shit's Creek, just because I want to say it, and we're going to mock Jimmy Kimball, who is an embarrassment. It was an absolute embarrassment. But before we do that, I just have to offer my thoughts and prayers, my condolences to the Boston Globe. Tough, tough day for the Boston Globe. Not because their favorite Supreme Court justice passed away. Say that all the time. What makes today tougher than the other ones? I will tell you, since you asked, I have the story in front of me. Um, This is an AP story, which, by the way, the Globe ran on their website. So uh, that must have been tough. Florida prosecutors said that they won't appeal a court's decision blocking the video 
that allegedly shows Patriots owner Robert Kraft paying for massage parlor sex, making it likely the charges against Kraft will be dropped. It's over in Jupiter, Florida. And sadly, the Boston Globe, the Pazootis, they never got a look at Bob Kraft's wiener. That was the goal uh, for months now. For uh, you know, Since he got arrested, <clears throat> they wanted to get their hands on that video. They wanted to see Kraft getting a, a happy ending from another consenting adult. They have been fighting hard for this. It was it was the goal. I mean, they had they had two goals in the last couple of years. One is to to save the life of poor Joe Karzaniev, who we never fully embraced, and the other was to get their hands on the video of Bob Kraft getting a massage, getting a complete um, treatment. The entire you know the whole deal from this yep. masseuse, this consenting adult, and <clears throat> for a while it looked like they might get it. We might you know see it. Bob Kraft's naked body, 78-year-old naked body, 77. Yep. Um, not going to happen. Kraft wins again. The Red Sox lose again. It's just so disappointing, so sad. I like the New York Post's headline, Robert Kraft <laughs> likely to get off in Florida massage parlor case. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, Alex, don't go too hard at the Globe because they're looking for an overnight sports reporter, so don't go too hard on them. Just just tipping you off on that. I know. That's why I was silent during that, okay, during that little yeah. tangent. Yes. Alex is the only uh, gay liberal uh, communist that the Globe doesn't like. He's the only one. If he, yeah. If, well, if, I haven't. You'll go ahead. It's amazing that you they have never fully embraced you. They've embraced Zarnia, but not Reamer. They were actually, during the Brady thing, they actually wrote a couple of semi-favorable columns to me. Joan Vinaki had a good one, saying that it was Tom's fault about what happened. So I agree. Tom's fault? Uh, yes. What, that he, that he uh, forgave you and uh, let no, you... No, 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 that he put his kid on the on, on the screen, you know? Who are we really... Um, you know, she said it was performative, performative outrage. Uh, I don't disagree with that, and I feel that way when you see... Even if it's, you know, right-wing kids like seven-year-olds in MAGA hats and they get attacked... I mean, do you really want to bring your kid to those kind of events there? They, they, if you're going to be protesting, I mean, like today, Turtle Boy is having a Black Lives Matter, conservative Black Lives Matter protest in Roxbury. Is he going to bring his five-year-old? No, because you wouldn't do that. These things tend to get tense. Sometimes they even get violent. That's right, near, that's ch- right near my hood. Why bring a child? Well, why don't you go? You and Turtle Boy can march together. We can uh, defending i don't know exactly he's defending conservative black lives oh, okay and defending free speech and defending the cops defending, in roxbury how many yes. i don't know i don't know if there are many well that's uh, where the police headquarters are and these they're going to defend aware. the cops i mean i, know, I, I, I assume i believe maybe, will, because, i believe it's because that woman monica cannon grant is saying that the boston police supports a white nationalist which is turtle boy apparently right right, that, right. That, that, that's and the he's, and he, you know one thing turtle boy does is stand up for himself he is fearless and he's going to go there and there'll probably be an incident. He'll probably get attacked, and then you know he'll have blogs for a month and photos and video, and we'll we look forward to it. So if you want to support Turtle Boy and, and maybe Alex, uh, you can show up at uh, what's the location? The police headquarters is that where it's actually uh, taking I place? I don't know. I think it's somewhere in that vicinity. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you can get on. You get on TB Daily News. Get on his blog, and you can find out. You can join him in Roxbury if you got nothing else to do. On this, uh, is this the first full day of fall? September. This is the 21st. first full day of fall. Did you get your pumpkin spice latte? Oh uh, no, I, and I hate the I hate the creeping fall. I, I hate the end of summer. Just it bums me out. It's, I, I don't I don't like the you know no more. I don't like no more warm days. No more beach. No more, you know, shorts and t shirts. It's well, never 
never been a fan of the colder weather and the changing leaves and all that. And I'm a man. Spice. You get to bring out your sweaters, go apple picking. You probably like apple picking, right, and, uh, You know what? I honestly could say, Alex, I've done a lot of embarrassing things in my life. I've never gone apple picking. Never. What? My wife took the kids many, many times when you know when I was uh, watching football. Yeah, uh, like a man, and she never made me go. I never, I've never gone apple picking, not once. I swear to God, I've done some, some silly ass things in my day, but that's not one of them. How about a corn maze? I've never. I did a maze. I'm not sure it was corn. Is there other kinds of mazes? I did a I maze know. one time at night, but I thought it was just like hedges. I don't know why. Have you gone apple picking? Uh, no, I mean, I went once when I was very young. I don't really like it. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of gay, isn't it? It is very gay. You get to go and take nice pictures of your, of the apple picking. I know. It is embarrassing when you see guys like tweeting out pictures or Instagramming video of them picking apples. You know what? They They sell apples at the store. It's another, it's why I don't hunt. I mean, people say you hunt and you kill a whatever a deer and you eat it i say well they sell meat at the store why do you have to hunt no but it's all part of the experience you wear your flannel you get your you know your apple cider your apple cider donuts you walk around yeah so commenters on the back back in the day i'd do anything to get laid so apple picking was uh was an easy was an easy date choice for a saturday kind of afternoon drinking you know it it was a good one so i used to go to like theater like i went to see uh, Man of La Mancha, which was awful. And I went to see uh, uh, Les Mis, which was awful. But I was, you know, courting. I was uh, trying Les Mis, which is terrible. It was like four hours long. Apple picking is too gay for you, but you'd go see, you'd go on dates. I'm I'm not saying I wouldn't go apple picking if I didn't have to. I just got lucky. Okay. Never been forced to go apple picking. And it looks like I'm, you know, um, I'm through with that. So I never have to go apple Why? picking. It's, a, it's still a nice date activity. Fortunately for Is you, it? you don't have to watch the Patriots every week anymore. So you can, you can go apple picking. I, I, I like watching. I'm, I'm glad. Um, I can honestly say I'm enjoying football. Last night, I didn't watch the whole game, but the Saints, uh, Raiders, these, these games are going to be better when the fans are back. But football, oh, I definitely think so. Football yeah. is so much better than basketball and baseball and hockey and even golf. I love golf, but uh, and and the U.S. Open was terrific. But uh, it's so good to have football back, and it's so it's so fascinating right now. I know I overuse that word, but to to watch the competition, not just you know the Patriots versus whoever, but Newton versus Brady. It's this weekly thread. And it, right now, Newton is winning. And I know both teams are, are one and one, but Newton is winning that battle. He's got a much better QB rating. He's much better than I thought he'd be. He was great in Seattle. Great. He was not quite Russell Wilson great, but he was spectacular throwing the ball. Obviously, he can run the ball, but he had great touch. He threw some great deep balls. He, 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 he you know, he fed the ball to Julian Edelman like down the field. Edelman had his career high in yards because he, he, uh, he wasn't afraid to go downfield. We, we never saw that with Brady and Edelman. I mean, obviously, they connected. They had great chemistry. But he's getting the best out of Julian Edelman, which I thought I thought they should have traded Edelman because he was so yeah, dependent on like how it can be sad. You know, he, he was dependent on Brady. So I thought Edelman was going to be over overrated in this Patriot offense, just the opposite. I think uh, Noon's been great, and I look forward to watching this, you know, competition as we uh, as we go forward. And uh, I mean, last night, just watching Las Vegas, which uh, was kind of cool, even though there were no fans, against New Orleans, and seeing 
uh, Drew Brees and, uh, you know, against the, the, the Raiders in their first game in Vegas. There's always something when you turn on an NFL game, isn't there? This is just always a reason yeah. to watch. But I mean, and I, I've been liking it too, but the, the no fans to me really takes away a significant part of the experience. I mean, how much better would that game Sunday night have been if there were actually yes. fans in Seattle? And Cam Newton, wouldn't it be... I mean, obviously, I think this would be one of the great injustices of COVID if Cam Newton never got to play in front of fans at Gillette Stadium. Well, that's going to change. That's going to change. I feel like things are changing gradually. Like teams every day, there's another team, UMass, yesterday announcing they're going to play. I didn't think that would happen. And it's like, why are they playing? (laughs) I didn't think that was going to happen because it's Massachusetts and we're. Well, and UMass absolutely sucks. But that's beside the point. You can't. That's not the rationale for not playing. Say the team stinks. Well, they don't make money either. I don't. Why? why so what? These kids are there to play football. They want to play. There's no reason not to. That's the crazy thing. Like, like uh, the other day, Clemson was killing uh, the Citadel, like forty-nine to nothing at halftime. And uh, Dan Shaughnessy tweeted, "You know, why are these teams playing? What's the point? Uh, because that's what they do. They're football teams. They go to college to play football. They love it." What's the argument against it? Then no one's getting the, the the virus. It's not killing anybody. There's no risk. We all know by it now. Only that's killed all... two hundred thousand Americans. It, it did not. It did not. It no, killed it about ten thousand Americans. And by the way, I was. Well, well, hold at... on, hold on. Well, yes. What happened to the other one hundred ninety thousand? Uh, they, they died of other things. Oh, okay. uh, of, they died with the virus, not from when did we the get virus. To, so when did you become a total COVID is a hoax guy? Because you weren't always here. I never said it was a hoax. I'm you not saying, saying it's a hoax. No, I'm not. You're saying it's only killed ten thousand. Do you do you follow the guy? Guys, you know the, the the guys who really you know, track this stuff, like Alex Berenson and Jordan I not, Shackle. No, I, I do not follow Alex Berenson. No. Why not? You learn a lot. So he had the the uh, list of deceased. I forget from some hospital yesterday, and uh, they were all you know eighty eight, ninety, ninety five. One guy had four comorbidities. He literally had renal failure, heart disease, uh, cancer, and dementia. He was eighty eight. That man did not die of COVID. I'm sorry, Alex. That man died with COVID. Could have There's been, a difference. Could have been placed on the Supreme Court and, with, with that kind of health record. And and we're going to get to her. I know you're probably already sick of it, but I don't care. It is one of the great political battles, just, just fights to the death, literally, that we've ever seen. And Alex and I, it's one thing we agree on is, Politics is like a, a sport, and it is going to be fun. I cannot wait. Um, but I want to get to the. Uh, I want to go back to the NFL on this topic because it's related to COVID, the China virus. Okay. And I got you. Got to help me with this one. The NFL announced yesterday, I believe, that three coaches, and that number's going up after last night. But three head coaches, Pete Carroll, Kyle Shanahan, Vic Fangio, were being fined one hundred thousand each. And the teams are being fined two hundred and fifty thousand because they took their masks off. Now, it, it sounds very selective because I saw lots of coaches take their masks off at one point or another. I guess these guys had it on, off the most. Like Sean Payton the, last night was never Sean wearing Payton. his mask. And by the way, on. both the coaches from last night are going to get added to that list. Right. Gruden talked about it after the game. He knows he's going to get fined. And this is no small fine. I don't care how much I know Gruden makes, you know, 10 million a year, but a hundred grand for pulling your mask off. Now, every coach did it. Belichick did it. He had it on his nose at one point, not on his mouth. He looked, he looked ridiculous, but um, uh, so you could find every coach. I guess this is the warning shot that they have to leave the masks on. But you hear Gruden after the game, Alex, you know what he said? He goes, 
I've already had the virus. Now, I don't think people knew that. They knew Peyton had it. So Peyton and uh, Gruden already had the virus. They got through it. They got they got better. They, they're not going to get it again. We know that. Yeah. I mean, we know that. They don't have any reason to wear a mask. Well, and, and yet, except for show. You're, I mean, I know what you're going to say. It's a, it's a look, and people are going to look at look at them as examples. And and so they get fined three hundred and fifty thousand dollars because a guy who's already had the virus decides not to uh, cover his mouth and nose. What sense does that make? No, I mean it's it's performative. But I would also say that even more than that, there is. So much, there's billions of dollars riding on the NFL being able to complete this season without a COVID outbreak. And I know that if Sean Payton isn't wearing a mask, that's not going to result in a COVID outbreak. But if you're the NFL, much like the NBA and how strict they are at this bubble, like, you know, putting guys in quarantine for even getting takeout, they cannot take any chance whatsoever because billions of dollars are at stake, which is why they are extra harsh on all this stuff. They want zero chance of anything happening. So, but they're going to have to do this every week, which I think it, and that's probably why the fines are so hefty is that if it was small fine, if it was 10 grand, then guys like Pete Carroll or uh, John wouldn't care, you know, but I wonder if they're going to catch guys like, like, are they going to find guys if they pull it off just for one second or pull it off and have some water? I mean, there's, it's, there's a big gray area here and you see the coaches Surrounded by players, some of them are, are hurt, and some are just like bench one. And then, and none of the players have masks, so that's okay. But the coaches have to have a mask. It's so arbitrary, like everything else in this in the you know the the China virus era. Everything is arbitrary. Uh, you know why you you can you know you, you can have a mask on as you walk to your table in a restaurant. You can take it off to eat and drink. Then you have to have it on to go to the restroom. Students in school. Do the same thing. They walk in, they sit down, but they can't take the mask off while they sit down. Particularly, right. I mean, it's crazy because they're not well really uh, vulnerable. They're not going to die from the virus. It's no big deal to nineteen-year-old college kids, but they are the worst mask. And I hate the term "mask Nazi." What's the term we came up with? We want to come up with another term. Mask fun- vigilante. What? Yeah, mask vigilante or mask. I don't know. Gestapo. Okay. The mask Gestapo is most. Uh, prevalent on college campuses where the virus really doesn't affect people like it does in, in the rest of the world. You know, they're all young and for the most part healthy and they're not dying. And yet they are fanatical on college campuses and high schools, by the way, uh, about the masks. Well, I mean, it's because the thing is, it's, it's if you're in a college class, you're with a bunch of strange people. Like, you know, I would say that I agree it is, you know, largely arbitrary on its face. Like what the, the virus takes a break during dinner, the virus respects dinner, uh, which is very nice of it. But I mean, like if you're sitting at a table with your family or with some good friends, you've made the choice where you know each other, you know where you've been, you've trust each other. But if I'm standing up and I'm walking by strangers, you know, it's just like a sign of respect. I know. Is, that's what, I, what, that what I've said. It. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I do that. And it was uh, what's his name was uh, uh, talking about Kirk Cousins when he got in trouble. Right, exactly. Mask. He doesn't believe he's vulnerable. He doesn't believe he's going to die. But he says, I just do it out of respect because I don't want to upset other people. That's what I do when I go to a, a store. I went to a store. I went to a Walgreens the other day and I forgot my mask. And I look in the car and I don't have one. 
And I look in the trunk and I'm looking, I go, damn, I don't even have like a bandana. So I walk in, I go to the cashier. Say, you pull your shirt up? I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot my mask. I'll be quick. And she says, don't worry about it. She didn't care. Yeah, she's like, go ahead. Um, wow. Like, Was uh, that in Maine? Must have been don't you think pulling the, pulling the shirt up, it looks ridiculous. I mean, I could have done that. I suppose. <laughs> you could have yeah, like just done that. That's what I would have done. Just pull it up like this. <laughs> uh, but I'll. But I like I have the gator, although you know the thing you go around your neck. That, that's apparently not as effective as the the other kind of masks. And I have my Blue Lives Matter mask, which I'm going to be wearing whenever I go out in public. Hopefully, upset people like you. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I would be. You would be upset if you saw my yeah, Blue Lives it, Matter. It, it, mask? Just trolling, absolutely. I would never just troll to, to respect the cops. <clears throat> You're not respecting yeah, the cops. You hate that. You hate that. You're Alex, Alex did make a good point before you got on the NFL side, though. For UMass, for for them to play football when they make no money and they furloughed what a thousand people, that's pretty ridiculous. Why? Right? That's the kids. Like how much okay, money? What's the play? argument? Go. Hold on. Hold on. Just make the argument against playing. Tell me what the argument is. Not against no, no, no. Not from a, like from not from a health perspective. From a business perspective, they're going to spend so much money on football this year they're going to lose money meanwhile there are a thousand people that were furloughed from they're not going to spend that much money or lose that much money they're already there the kids the scholarships they already gave the equipment is already bought i mean it's they're not going to lose that much money they have they should be furloughing thousands of people at umass you ever see their payroll they have thousands of people making 200 grand but but that's not who they're furloughing they're furloughing like dining hall workers and hourly workers okay then we can agree they should furlough the Deputy Vice Chairman of oh, Diversity and yeah. sure. uh, oh, the Inclusion. Anti, well, anti-racism board, Boston University, <laughs> my alma mater. They are charging uh, twenty thousand dollars a session to uh, to attend these anti-racism sessions. Oh, Jesus, that's important uh, work. Uh, I'm telling you, Reamer. You know, I always had respect for BU growing up, and Why? I've, I've lost it all. I've lost it all because uh, I see what ha- I see. AOC, and she, every time she talks, I say. How the hell do you? I mean, she got a degree in economics. No, I'm saying, why did you have respect for BU growing up? I don't know. I just, I never knew anyone who went there. No one from Boston goes to BU. You know that, right? It's all Jewish kids from. It's all Jewish kids from New York. Howard Stern and uh, Jason Alexander and and uh, AOC, whatever. I mean, AOC, that poor girl from uh, from Westchester. She's she she she's a little rich kid who pretends Mm -hmm. to be a working class kid. Changed her name and pretends to be. It's working. God bless him. Oh wow. Um, God bless her. She, she's the, 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 the head of the Democrat Party right now. All right, today's episode brought to you by Flagship Wealth. With me again, Dave McDonough. Dave, what's going on in the market? We're going to do a little market update today. Sounds great, Dave. What's As I said on? to you, we had the best August in over 30 years. Just two short weeks ago, we hit an all-time high. Since then, market down two straight weeks. Not a surprise to anybody out there listening to this podcast. We've talked about it over the last two or three weeks. The market is giving you some buying opportunities. Long-term investors should take advantage of it. Long-term investors should, should get out of those growth names and start looking at value in other sectors of the market. What about quickly? I'm hearing a lot about IPOs on sure. TV. What's going on there? The only people making money on IPOs are the insiders, Dave. Main Street, you and me, and you and me and Main Street, losing on the deal. You know, somebody bought this IPO at the market, Snowflake, for example, at 320. As of this taping, it's trading at 230 just two days ago. 
So again, stay away from the IPO market. There's plenty of value in this market. And again, I say it each and every week, take control of your retirement before the market does it for you. All right, Dave McDonough, Flagship Wealth. You can go to flagshipwealth.com. Click the Contact Us button. You want to know why, Dave? Because they got to get your newsletter. You give market analysis just like that each and every week by email. You put even a video in there. I may or may not have something to do with that newsletter. So go to flagshipwealth.com. Click Contact Us. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRASIPC. Do you want to get to impeachment? Because I know you have some thoughts. Some thoughts. Impeachment? Who are we uh, impeaching? I'm, oh, well, I got that on my list. I'm going to ask you that. Nancy oh. Pelosi and other and AOC are talking about impeachment. Oh, right. Bill Barr. Absolutely. Bill Barr is the no, most. No, hold on. Start, um, start, with, <clears throat> start with Trump. They're talking about impeaching Trump again over this. <laughs> that was my question. Oh, I mean, I mean, there's a million things you could impeach him for. I mean, sure, no, for I would picking, impeach him for picking again. a Supreme Court justice oh, for yeah. nominating somebody. Can you impeach no, no, someone no, no, for that? No, no, no. I mean, you can impeach Trump for, as I said last week, mass murder and ignoring the coronavirus. I mean, mass I think that, murder. At the See, least, this is where my at the people. least it's impeachable. Um, but I mean, Bill Barr, sure, impeach Bill Barr. This guy is the most dangerous member of the Trump. He's the greatest. I want him, including Donald Trump, by the way. He's like Trump, only smarter. I, I love him. He's, he's, he's wonderful. And he's, you know, pointing out and he's going to come down hard on the looters and rioters. And we're going to have a new wave. We're going to have many, many new waves of nude looters and nude, rioters. Nude looters. Yes. Nude looters. <laughs> and Anarchy. I love this. This is such a great issue for Donald J. Trump. We said it. I said it for months. There's, we're not through with the big, you know, surprises, the big stories this fall, this campaign season. And this thing comes out, takes all the attention off the uh, the China virus, takes the attention off everything, and focuses on the Supreme Court nominee. And I'm hoping he met yesterday, I believe he met yesterday with Amy Coney Barrett, who is the favorite right now. And I like her chances for a couple reasons. She's good looking. That matters a lot to Donald J. Trump. He will he'll he'll get caught saying this to somebody. Compare his nominee. Amy Coney Barrett like with, Kagan. With, with Kagan and Sotomayor and saying, I picked the, the hotter one. but And she's a devout Catholic, which opens the door to this religious litmus test for people who are supporting a devout Catholic, quotation fingers, Joe Biden, who claims to be a devout Catholic. It's comical. He's not, but he claims to be. So you're going to attack Amy Coney Barrett for being a Catholic when you're supporting a nominee for president who claims to be a devout Catholic. Good luck. You Republicans are so obsessed with your identity politics. I mean, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, I mean, you're right. He said it has to be a woman or it will be a woman, which I don't know why you have to say that. Just say, you know, who, here's my list. And he had a list of 20 people, including Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, which I would never want to take Cruz and Hawley out of the Senate. Pick this woman. Let them go after her on the religious grounds. Let her uh, defend herself and and then, then throw it to a vote. Right now, we don't know which way Romney's going to go. It's all up to – not all. Right now, it doesn't matter which way Romney goes because a 50-50 tie means Mike Pence breaks the tie and she wins and she's, and she's seated, which is likely to happen. But uh, Romney loves the attention. We'll see which way he goes. I, 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 I hope – he votes to confirm. He should. I mean, he's from Utah. I'm going to guess most of the people uh, who voted for Romney uh, uh, will like a, a religious conservative on the court. So he's going to have to 
make a decision whether he wants to go with his constituents or go with the New York Times and, and you know, Andrea Mitchell and Chuck Todd. We'll see which way Romney goes, but it'll be great theater. Speaking of theater, Alex, I'm looking at the countdown right now. Seven days, 12 hours, 33 minutes, 48 seconds till the debate. That's the countdown till the first debate. And I, I, you know, I love football. I love, I love uh, watching the majors in golf. Nothing, nothing compares to this debate. I'm, am I setting myself up for disappointment? Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you could get, I mean, there is a, I don't know. See, Trump is unpredictable with these things because there is a chance Biden will be boring regardless, right? He'll be entertaining if he, you know, flubs up a line or this and that. There's a chance Trump is teleprompter Trump for the first one, you know, like if certain advisors get in his ear and then by the second one, he'll like go crazy. But there's a chance he's like, he does that sometimes where he comes out and he's like, Biden has the great, has the advantage of the, the lowest expectations of any candidate for any office going into a debate that I've ever seen. I mean, no, uh, again, if he comes out and the underwears on the inside of the pants and not on the outside, people will say, isn't he fabulous? I mean, the media, the media will slobber over him. Oh, he's been been good. If he doesn't, you know, wander off stage and into traffic, they'll say he's amazing. Oh, and, 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 but uh, you know, we'll talk about it. You and I'll talk about it. Honestly, and uh, I think Trump will win the debate. The question is, no, by how much? I'm by how much? With, I'm done with that story. I mean, Trump can't even string together five words in a row. I mean, enough. Have you Please. seen Biden lately, Alex? He does better interviews. He does interviews with a teleprompter. I've never so seen what? anything like it. He's he, better, he, he did an interview with the guy. It was a, I think it was a Hispanic guy from whatever, I don't know, what Univision or something. And he was answering the questions. And you could see it reading a teleprompter. Have you ever seen somebody do interviews with a teleprompter. I'm sure it's been done. And I mean, so what? Who cares? I mean, if Biden's a cardboard, if he's a mouse, this mouse, that pad that I'm holding in my hand. Yeah. That, I, I would I would vote for this over Trump. I would just get someone yeah. in there to sign Alex, the legislation. It's not about here we you. Go. We, know, we know you, which way you're going to vote. It's about the, I don't know, how, how many undecideds, how many. Uh, how could you possibly be undecided? Well, I'll tell you how, because. Um, That's amazing. Some people, these people are all lobotomized. Some people are looking at it and saying, give me a reason to vote for you, Joe Biden, because every day he comes out and he gets worse every day. As I've said for months, his condition, you know, his cognitive decline is not going to improve. It's not going to go away. I know he's uh, Trump believes that he's on drugs, that he's treated with something for his. Which means that Trump is on drugs because Trump Uh, just deflects. No, if, imagine if Trump were on drugs. You're a puppet. I'm a puppet. Remember that? That's him. Right. Well, no, here's here's what's going to happen. Biden's going to get worse and worse, and the people who are thinking of voting for him are going to be alarmed, and then they're going to say, you know what? I don't love Trump. I don't love his tweets. I don't love the, the dumb stuff he says, but I feel safer. You know, he tweets law and order. Feel I feel safer. better. Yeah, do you, you feel do you feel safer up there where you are? You think it's you feel I feel I feel safer voting not voting for the guy who will not condemn rioters and looters. Mm-hmm. I, they, they're, yeah, on, they're on they're on your side, Alex. That. They're on your side. Those are all Biden voters who have rioted and looted, have gone to people's houses and and, and you know made noise in the middle of the night. Those yeah. th- that rabble are all on your side. That's I know, why, amazing. I, I live in a city unlike you, and I, the only people I, I see outside the are. I live in the same city, Alex. I live in a better, better neighborhood. 
going there now. I'm going there this afternoon. What does that matter? Oh, you are? Okay, good. Welcome back. Thanks, Jerry. Welcome yeah, back. The other day, I'm back and forth. What do you want? What does that matter? Because I just see Alfresco dining whenever I go out. People oh, just Jesus. sitting, eating Now you sound like Juan sidewalk. Williams. Juan Williams on, on The Five said it's a myth. There is no violence in the city. He's absolutely right. There's no okay, violence. Do you want to look Jerry. at the crime rates, the murder oh, rate in New it's York City? Substan- it's substantially lower than it was two decades ago. <laughs> it's substantially higher than it was two months ago. Well, it's right, of- because we also have uh, an economic depression a pandemic that's killed 200,000 Americans and counting. There's a lot of reason. I'm surprised there's not more violence, frankly, with our looming eviction crisis, the homelessness crisis that's going to come. The fact that we have a United States Senate that refuses to pass any sort of help, additional help to Americans, 30 plus million out of work, and yet they're going to ram through Amy Comey Barrett. Yes, they, they, we, it's weird. There's, you know, When the Supreme Court justice passes away, they, the president, the president at that moment gets to replace that justice. Except if you're Barack Obama. I know this is uh, old and tired, but honestly, Jerry, you even have to admit, which is fine. Politics, I get that. But this is the height of hypocrisy. You even have to admit that. I, I will admit no such thing. Oh I, don't know if you, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Obama was a Democrat. And I the know, Senate right, was controlled right. by Republicans. Uh, now it's a Republican Senate and a Republican president. That, a Republican Senate that represents 40% and, of the American population, a president who lost the popular vote by nearly 3 million. My, Great democracy right, like we Bill, have. Like Bill Clinton did. Was he legitimate or no? Bill well, yeah, he won the popular vote and the no, electoral. Uh, but, but tell me this. Tell me this, Alex. If, the, if I say, yeah, the Republicans are hypocrites because they didn't uh, um, put um, – Take a vote for uh, Merrick Garland, which, by the way, they would have voted against him anyway. So what's the point? Anyway, if they're hypocrites, then what are Democrats who said they have to have a vote for Merrick Garland? But you can't now. They changed the rules completely. Well, because the Republicans blocked it. And okay, we're no, just going uh, off the president. So, so, that so can, we agree that, can we agree they're both hypocrites? Uh, you more than them. That's for why, sure. why. Why? Because. You're not going to vote on a nominee in March of 2016 to close the election, but in late September of 2020, we are going to ram through a nominee. What does ram through mean? You put it up for a vote? The fact that we the fact that we, would, that we will have, have, have a Supreme it. Court nominee before we have additional care for the tens of millions who are unemployed. Okay, can you forget that? that, that can I forget the economic forget depression the of, we have? No, right. I can't forget it. Sorry, um, it's the biggest. I mean, how? Okay, can just you, for a second. I want I want to he- I want this on the record. People always in there, you know, going to be uh, uh, texting at us or commenting on the Facebook live screen here. I'm looking at them. They all ask me, why do you have Alex on? I have Alex on because he represents the enemy in my mind, the other side where, you know, we, we we're enemy. friends, we're friends, but we disagree on everything. We're I need to know. I need to understand this. It's the most silly ass childish thing I've ever heard from uh, politicians, from leaders of the Senate, from media people, do you think the fervent wish of a dying woman should matter in rule of law in a in in a, in a, in a constitutional uh, issue? Should the dying wish of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the notorious RBG, should that matter? Uh, oh, that she doesn't want to be replaced. Sure, I, I respect the. You, you do. You think the dying wish, which by the, the way. I'm with Trump. I don't believe she actually said that. That's not the way. I, I, it doesn't sound like something a dying person would say. They would be concerned with their family and their and the afterlife and whatever. Um, she's concerned about this country. Okay. If she's so concerned about this country, Alex, 
she could have retired at the age of 83 and let Barack Obama pick her successor. And you know what I think Obama would have done? He would have listened to her, not necessarily done exactly what she wanted, but she could have had some input. She could have retired again at the age of 83. That was four years ago, and Obama could have picked her successor. She's a narcissist, obviously. She was too self-centered to do that, to step down. This is the fault of two people, this, this current problem that you people have. Ruth Bader Ginsburg for not retiring like a normal person and saying, you know, someone else could do this job, someone who thinks like me, and Harry Reid, who got rid of the filibuster. So blame those two icons from your, from your uh, side of the aisle. They're the ones who put you in this predicament. Uh, I mean, I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg, yeah, she, it's a conversation worth having. Should she have stepped down in 2014? Uh, yeah, I think you can definitely make that case. She rolled the dice. She thought Hillary was going to be there. Right. And, she and, did. And, and she she's lost. on the record or maybe not on the record, but it's been widely reported that she thought Hillary would win in 2016. Yeah. Yes. And, and so did, so did everybody else. But it just, I mean, it's funny listening to these people, Chuck Schumer, the the uh, Senate uh, Minority Leader, uh, whatever, and uh, Amy Klobuchar, and all these saying he's ignoring the dying wish of a of an old woman. No, I'm going. No, of course, he's ignoring no, it. True. No, what we have to say is that we have a again a president who lost the popular vote, a Senate that represents forty percent of the population, and it's going to be six to three on the Supreme Court. That is yes. not a democracy under any but, definition but, of the word. So that yes, is the it's message. Not. It's the a constitutional republic. It's a democratic republic. You know that. It's not pure democracy. The mob doesn't rule. Thank God. But um, only land. Land you, rules. You have to. Tumbleweeds. See, you can take solace in this, that, that one of these weenie Republicans, probably John Roberts, will go soft. He'll be the next David Souter. And he'll vote with your guys. That's how it works. Our, your guys, the judges appointed by Democrats, remain hard left liberals like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. On my side, they name these Republicans. They start going to the parties and the, you know, the the lunches in in, uh, in D.C. and Georgetown, and they get swept up, and they start meeting all the media people that they wanna that they wanna please, and they go soft. And that appears to be John Roberts. Only a few guys stay strong, like Clarence Thomas and and Anthony Scalia, and hopefully Brett Kavanaugh, because they tried to destroy him. Here's why they deserve no consideration. They shouldn't listen to a damn thing Chuck Schumer says, or or Kamala Harris, or any of them is because what they did to Kavanaugh was the most despicable thing I've ever seen in, in all my years of watching oh. watching Walsh, Washington, you know, politics in Washington. It was scummy, slimy. They lied about him. They knew they were lying about him. They tried to destroy the man in front of his wife and children and parents. It was the lowest point, the lowest of the low. By the way, led by Kamala Harris, who is uh, your next president, if you guys – if you guys prevail. Oh, it's Christine Blasey Ford out of hiding yet. Yeah, just have the death threat subsided. Oh, I mean, uh, depends. On. Did she put another front door on her house? Cause she's so scared of, of Kavanaugh. She, she was used. I mean, she was obviously a troubled woman being used no, by the forces in Washington. She was like a very accomplished professor, right? I, was, I mean, troubled woman. Yes. Yes. Do you think, um, 
Julie Swetnick was telling the truth. Michael Avenatti. She, 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 she didn't get a hearing in front of the Senate. That was Michael Avenatti was telling the truth. That was the MSNBC thing. That was not something pushed by the United States Senate. And I don't even sure think that guy was. into a lot of accused no, of being a gang when, rapist. When did, when, did she t- when did Julie Swetnick testify in front uh, of the Senate? The, the, the senators uh, ran with those accusations, the Avenatti uh, accusations. They, I don't and, think they did. And by the way, and by the way, they read his high school yearbook and they attacked him because he uh, wrote a note there about yeah, farts. About the farts. Shots. Yeah, he farted the shots or something. Yeah. <laughs> Oofs. Oofs. <laughs> that was that Sheldon Whitehouse, that that creep from, from Rhode I Island. I like him, actually. Oh, he's the worst. He's the Island. worst. I got, I got some uh, private messages about Sheldon Whitehouse, people that know him personally, and they just said he is the freaking worst. He is slimy, scummy. Talking about farts at a Senate hearing. What a message to say. Let's go. Let's make some news. Said he's the worst. He's the worst oh, of okay. the worst of the worst. But okay. I, I can't take any more people saying the dying wish somehow matters. It trumps the Constitution. The dying wish of an old woman, please. And and by the way, they're going to put her on glass and put her on public display. She was a judge. She was oh, a Supreme Jerry. Court justice. Why do we do that with people? Why do we elevate them, especially at a time? where normal people aren't allowed to say goodbye to their grandparents or their parents. They're not allowed to have a funeral. They're not allowed to have a wake because of COVID. And yet we're going to put this woman on display for people to come and wail and weep over her. I asked this question yesterday. I asked it on Twitter of, of, of Tom Brady. You know, can you name Alex? I know you love Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Can you name something she did, something she wrote, something she said, that it that made an impression on you that you'll remember forever that makes you love her. Name one. It made thing. me no. It was well before I was born. But I mean, throughout the 1970s, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, much like Thurgood Marshall, as I learned this weekend, they didn't know a lot about this. I mean, she really played the role in carving out uh, anti-sex discrimination laws. I mean, she throughout the she 70s, wasn't even took, on the court in the 70s. But she, but she was a prosecutor. She took uh, not a pros. Yeah, she she wasn't a prosecutor. She was an attorney, and she took case after case to the Supreme Court, chiseling away at sexual discrimination laws. And I mean, she's. She was a giant. How do you not know that? You didn't do any reading about Ruth so Bader Ginsburg. You, I read everything, and so you got nothing. That's just generalities. What do you mean? mean? Generalities. Give me one example. Okay, of well, let me let me let one me look example. up one specific oh, so you case. Can't. I'm not okay. I'm so not. So you can't. In other words, I told you that she, throughout the 1970s, much like Thurgood Marshall with civil rights, played a huge role in carving out sex discrimination laws in this country. And carving actually, the cases she, she would carved out laws. And, and actually, the state it's cases that she would produce very interestingly. Uh, would put the man as the one who was getting the wrong end of the stick with the with the with because she had one where a husband was widowed, right? His wife died during childbirth, and he was not entitled to collect her social security due to arcane laws. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg presented that to the court, says, "Isn't it unfair that these two sexes are not treated equally?" They said yes, and as a result, we had a landmark ruling. So I'll look up the exact ruling, but I mean, she, she and, that, and that's something you'll remember forever. That's why you, you uh, go, yeah, are you going to go, if you were in DC, would you go look at her body on under glass there and pay homage no. to her corpse? I would not. No, no, me either. I, I find that kind of creepy. I find that kind of, I don't know, feels third worldish or feels Soviet union ish. Like go look at a, a dead person under glass that you don't know. You never met and, and you they lie in state and you go like, what just kneel down and say a prayer? I don't think 
I don't think that's what she would want. Isn't she? More oh, and also the Virginia military Institute right there. VMI. She had the case there where they finally uh, admitted women to the VMI village, Virginia military Institute. So that's a big case. Jerry. Wow. That's that affected your life a lot. The Virginia. I'm military just saying, look, Jerry, Jerry, look, look, we can make fun. <laughs> make, I, I, I've always wanted to be a woman to go to in the military. Uh, yes. It's had a huge impact on me, but, um, Look, we can make fun of the notorious RBG and like the liberal fawning over her. I agree. It's silly. She's a rock it's star. Haven't you heard about it? She's a rock later star. Later in life, she became a rock star. I understand. But I mean, you that's even Trump was more magnanimous than you are, Jerry. She was an amazing woman. She was an I'm amazing just talking life. about the issues. She, what a she, life. She, uh, I'm, from all accounts, she seemed like a terrific person. Anthony Scalia was genuinely friends with her. They are all the uh, all, all their uh, clerks. And I don't believe she had a lot of African-American clerks. But anyway, all her clerks speak highly of her. Anthony Scalia's kids say that she was a great friend. She must have been a, a good person at heart. I just don't see the the what makes her superhuman. I don't see what makes her any different than Scalia or Clarence Thomas. Because she was, because she, I mean, she was coming up through a time where, you know, Supreme uh, ju Justices wouldn't even take women as clerks. Well, what, what was Sandra Day O'Connor's dying wish? I don't, I don't know, Jerry. She died a very long time ago, like in 2005, <laughs> right? I mean, so, I mean, Ruth Bader, one of her professors threatened to never send another student to this judge again if he did not take Ruth Bader what, as What was Scalia's clerk. dying wish? I, I, mean, I don't, I I don't he was, he was, wasn't he suffocated with pillows or something? We don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> what at happened the hunting, at the hunting farm there the right lodge. that was but she uh, uh you know and yeah, she's, uh, you know what a dying wish was get off me get that yeah, pillow off my true. face that's true didn't didn't get didn't grant it but we'll see it's going to be wild you got to admit that it just gets crazier by the day we are living in really interesting times reamer well, to say uh, the least yes it's and and he's gonna name the end of this week he's gonna wait till after the services which I guess is magnanimous, as you point out, for Trump, for Trump. And then he's going to name Amy Coney Barrett, I hope. There's a couple other women on his short list. But the one, the Hispanic woman from uh, Florida was in the um, involved in the Epstein plea deal, which I don't want to hear a word about, uh, another word about Epstein, except I'd love to see the flight logs. Um, I just want to hear about Epstein. What do you mean? I love that story. Aren't you getting a little sick of it? I mean, don't you want I – I mean, I guess – um, that no. you, I guess if you want to go round to go badly, um, I want total depravity. Are you kidding me? I mean, the Epstein story is the one of the most interesting story ever. And it's only, and it only gets more interesting because we'll never really know exactly what happened, who exactly was involved. There's still so much to uncover. Well, well, today um, we found out that Prince Andrew is is the best lover of all time in the New York. And he's country. into redheads. And he's into redheads. So yes. Um, but I, I mean, I think Coney Barrett will be the toughest for you guys to attack, which is why he's probably going to pick her. I mean, it has to be a woman, uh, and uh, you know, a wife, a, a Catholic with seven kids, two adopted kids from. Um, from Haiti, including one with special needs. It's going to be tough to attack the character of that woman. I mean, you'll try. Your side will try. And they'll make her seem like she's in a cult because she goes to church and she, you know, believes in God. That, again, is going to be tough when, you're, uh, when your candidate claims to be a devout Catholic. Barbara Lagoa yes. uh, from Florida, you know, uh, she's... You've always she been was, a big fan of her. You mentioned I mean, a lot I'm sure of she's amazing. She's not as hot as uh, Barrett, so Trump will probably not pick her. But 
<clears throat> and they would attack her for, for uh, agreeing to the plea deal, which allowed uh, Jeffrey Epstein to do one year and go home. Oh, no, go to the office during the day and work. And then he went back to the minimum security prison at night for to go to sleep. Uh, she signed off on that deal, which would not. I don't want that. I don't want that as part of this hearing. So go with Coney Barrett. <clears throat> I look forward to it. But anyway, I want to get to a couple other things. Reamer, um, the Emmys. I know you're a big Emmys guy. Love it. Yeah. Um, I know we started off talking about that show, you know, Bleeps Creek. Yep. Which, won, Too bad we which can't say I've it. never watched, but my wife loves it and watches it like religiously. Great Lasso. show. Is it? Yeah, we have. We and your wife have should get together and have like. Because there's gay guys together. in it, right? Who are really funny. Yeah, David's great. That's true. The the the, the texter points out. I was going to say Sandra Day O'Connor's still alive, but but maybe he's, she's uh, going to have a wish. Maybe she'll die soon, and her wish we're going to have to grant it because she's more of a historic figure than Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's the first. Uh, they're woman. like the same. Oh come on, they're one and two. Why she was first. It came up who was the, who same was the time. second guy? Who was the second guy on the moon, Alex? I have, I have no idea. I hate space like you. <laughs> who was the first guy? You know that, right? Uh, Armstrong. Right, right. Good. Lance you know, Armstrong. Armstrong. Lance, Lance Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, but the uh, Emmys, which I didn't watch, I probably <clears throat> would have checked it out, but it was opposite uh, football and golf. Um, the U.S. Open, which I was kind of watching on delay and, and it was opposite the Patriots. So I didn't spend one second watching the Emmys. Did you, did you watch it at all? Did you no, flip I, over? I, I did not flip over. No, I did not want to hate watch Jimmy Kimmel. I was watching I, football I, like a man. Right. Good. We all were. We all were. You yeah. did you? Oh, no, Colony doesn't stay up that late. Did you watch? Oh, any- what's interesting is I saw the ratings on Twitter. The Sunday night game, Patriot Seahawks did worse than the opener. last. Which season. amazed me it, way down, way, way down. down. I mean, I'm not one of these guys who's boycotting, but they're out there, and they're I don't in I don't Boston. Say, no, I mean around the country. They, I didn't see no. The no local, I'm talking the local ratings. I think maybe did you see this, Dave? Where down from the opening, the Dolphins game in New England. Yeah, oh, like Jesus. Patriots Dolphins drew like a 29 or something, and then Seahawks Patriots drew like a 22, wow. and the share like never surpassed I don't know 60 or something, which yeah. never yeah. Nationally, what's the number that was down like twenty seven percent nationally from week one? The numbers are down. They're they're going to be good, and we know that uh, it's the best you know prop product property that the networks have is is football because you know people actually watch it live. They actually right. watch commercials, which they don't do with uh, you know sitcoms or movies or anything else anymore. But well, there was a report yesterday that Fox is paying a billion dollars, and they're yeah. up at the two billion next year, which is crazy, insane. And but Fox is telling saw, me that nobody's watching the NFL. Right. I saw What's, people, uh, maybe it was you, tweeting and saying, I thought no one is Fox News, or and not just Fox News. There's lots of people who are tweeting about the numbers being down, and they are, and it is politics. It's just not a huge decline. It's not going to ruin the sport. And eventually people will come back. Uh, but there are people who are uh, – I've met them. You, have you met them? I mean, maybe you don't know anyone who's saying, screw them, I don't want to watch, I don't, I'm sick of the – the politics. I'm sick of the kneeling in the in the Black Lives Matter, and they say, "Screw it, I'm not going to watch." I'm not one of those people. Sunday night was a great game. It was a phenomenal game. It was a great, you know, comeback. And I, I could not believe how good Cam Newton looked. You're right. If that were a full stadium and they had the twelve, it might have been 12. different. Might have been different. But uh, uh, the Patriots took advantage of it and, and almost pulled it off, which was remarkable. Uh, but those numbers are down. 
Did you know that Shea Concrete has been offering technical engineering seminars for professional development credit at their Ames Mary headquarters since January 2018? Well, now these continuing education opportunities are brought to the industry virtually through the Precast Podcast platform. I've been telling you about the Precast Podcast, the best podcast in the Precast business. It's the only one, but it's good. And you can get credit just by listening. Although nothing can take the place of the in-person training, the virtual education offering to the Precast Podcast are a close second. Shake Concrete Products is committed to supporting two educational-based podcast episodes per month at no cost to attendees. Multiple credit hours can be earned. How easy is that? You don't get credit for the Callahan Podcast. You get credit when you listen to the Precast Podcast. Are you a septic or wastewater professional in Mass or New Hampshire? Contractors, installers, engineers, or job site inspectors who need to earn professional CECs to keep up their certification or license should check out Shea's Precast Podcast Technical Engineering Seminars. Uh, in the podcast, the Precast Podcast is not all technical. Listen and find out more about the company's process, products, employees, and so on. There's even an episode featuring me, the brother-in-law of uh, Greg, the guy who runs Shea Concrete. Shea Concrete Products is not only the lead supplier in the precast concrete industry, but they also deliver a robust technical education platform. With over seven years of experience in operation as a family-owned and operated business, Shea has become New England's premier precaster. Whether it's sun or rain or snow, doesn't matter. Shea Concrete Products is always on the go, and they will drive that extra mile to be your trusted precast concrete product partner in New England and beyond. Check them out, SheaConcrete.com. The Emmys are uh the people aren't flipping over to the, the Emmys in place of uh in place of football or sports in general the Emmys had the all-time low rating now obviously Jimmy Kimmel sucks he, he is he you know Jimmy you no know, Twitter and the the woke mob has have ruined a number of people we know people who have uh who have been affected by it they will not say anything we know people on sports talk radio who are playing scared every day that they'll be the next person. The mob comes after, you know what it's like, Alex, you've been in the, in the fire. Um, yes. The, yes. Jimmy Kimball firing squad. Jimmy Kimball used to be raunchy and funny and edgy. And now he's, you know, turned into, uh, I don't know, uh, Ryan Seacrest, you know, he said he's not funny, he's not edgy, he's not dangerous, he's pathetic. And I understand why he's making a fortune. He's, you know, lives in LA and all these people are his friends and he does not want to uh, be the bad guy. He doesn't want to be. Boat, right? He does, no, absolutely. And, you know, they bring back things he did in his past, like dress in blackface uh, and use the N word and, you know, do the all the crazy things they did on the man show. They're not or, good things to do. Uh, but he doesn't want to get canceled totally. He doesn't want to be, you know, Michael Richards and never be heard from again. So he will literally, I mean, this was literally well, Michael Richards. I mean, a bit of a difference between him, his outburst and what Jimmy Kimmel did in a scripted show. I mean, you know, but, but you know that he knows there's a lot more out there because he was on the man show for years. He was on the radio. He was, he was kind of dangerous. He and Adam Carolla, and and uh, he doesn't want to be that guy anymore. It's just like Howard Stern. He wants to erase the past. I mean, Howard Stern's saying he never used the N-word, and and two minutes later, someone brings out a video or, or an audio of him using the N-word. He used it all the time. I used to listen in amazement. He was on 
FM radio. He was on BCN. And I'd put it on. He'd just be saying the N-word and the F-word, the uh, gay slur, all the time. And he wants to pretend that person doesn't exist anymore. Jimmy Kimmel's the same way. Jimmy Kimmel is, you know, a big, I guess he's on leave or whatever he's on because he got caught in blackface and decided to take a, a hiatus for the summer. But last year, the Emmys had a record low with 6.9 million view- viewers. This year's telecast is down 14% from that to 5.1 million viewers, an all-time low by far. And um, Kimmel hosted. But in, it fair, was, in fairness. It, it was political. It got very political. No, but in, fair, in fairness, you could have put an uncensored uh, Dave Chappelle, and it would have been the lowest rated Emmys of all time this year. What? Uh, now, why do you what? say that, though? Because more people are, like, because are home it than already, ever. Because it's already trending downward, as you as you talked about last year's numbers. And then this year, it's just people's heads aren't in this shit. It's the same thing. It's, yeah. That's no explanation. People's aren't, heads aren't in it. It's, 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 sports. There's, there's no way ratings are down because of the political and social. It is. I mean, again, it's not, it's not that answer. Bullshit. It's not the end. It's not destroying the product. The product, NFL people <laughs> still watching. It's still making money. But if you take away, that's 14%. That's, you know, whatever. 14 out of 100. 7 out of 50 people say, screw this particularly with the Emmys, because they know it's going to be all this woke shit. And they have meters, all- though? How do we know? You know, <laughs> I, you're, you're the media critic. You tell me. They, they, they have overnights, and they have exact numbers. 5.11 million viewers. Tucker Carlson, on an average night, has almost as many viewers as the Emmys. Which, And he's on cable, and he's, you know, half the country hates him. It's remarkable how far the Emmys have fallen. Those well, I think, that would, prove, well, I think that would prove Dave's point, though. I mean, because Matto and, M- and MSNBC have had great numbers continuing through this as well. I mean, I think that people's heads just aren't in- – it seems silly, as we've said before. Correct. They're not into sports. They're into news. They're into – Although, the one thing the I would say, though, Dave, is like, you know, all these – like Tiger King was the biggest hit ever at the start of this pandemic in March. Nothing's a stupider show than that. Like, I mean, so how come these streaming shows – are so popular, but yet the network stuff falls. No, I, I want to, I'm going to explain yeah. to you. I don't know. And and you tell me, you tell me that the average Emmy viewer, someone that watches TV and likes, you know, Shit's Creek or likes whatever Ozark. And they might feel like, Oh, I got to watch the Emmys. They, they, there's people like that who, you know, got to watch the Oscars, the Emmys. Um, Let's play this Kimmel exchange with Anthony Anderson, Mike, my uh, co-star and me, myself, and Irene. We've uh, we've worked together. I've worked have, with Anthony. Right. Yes. I was in the same scene with Anthony Anderson. He was a very cool guy. I got to give it to him. He was nice to everybody. In the I was with him like for like twelve hours shooting this couple of scenes up in Vermont. Uh, but he's all in on Black Lives Matter. He's all in on you know let's uh, you know make everything about race. And he, he humiliated. Jimmy Kimmel on TV. This is not live, is it? The Emmys are. Is that live TV or is this recorded? Uh, I think it was live. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm guessing, but I had a feeling on, that on live TV. Live. Anthony Anderson um, dropped, took down Jimmy Kimmel's pants and emasculated him. I'm still rooting for everybody black because black stories, black performances, and black lives matter. Say it with me, Jimmy. Black, black lives, lives matter. matter. Louder, Jimmy. Black, Black lives, lives matter. matter. Louder, Jimmy. Say it so that Mike Pence can hear it. Black, Black lives, lives matter. matter. That's right. And because Black lives matter, Black people will stay at home tonight to be safe, which is fine because guess what? 
Y'all don't know how to light us anyway. No. Jimmy, I'm glad I got that off I my am chest. Too. I am too. Uh, <clears throat> good sorry. chemistry between those two. Just, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. That is why. Right there is why the ratings suck. Right? There's, there's nobody. I mean, I, I realize that maybe there's some angry, you know, BLM supporter out there says, good, you know, make him, make him yeah, that was good. like a yeah. dog. Right, yeah. But the average TV viewer, you know, like my wife who loves Shit's Creek would be watching that going, well, I don't want to watch this. Listen to this a-holes. That is why the ratings are down. And Your wife keep talks on. like that? No, she doesn't. Don't do that. No, she, does. she definitely doesn't. But she would never, I mean, she wouldn't find that entertaining. That isn't funny. That's I embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I told you the chemistry is off the charts between those two comedians up there. Like they're really <laughs> funny guys. Like, yeah, where, where, I mean, is that because there's no laugh track? Why does that seem particularly unfunny? It's and, morose. And, what, what is it? Morose? It seems it just like, it was very like, and, and does, is Kimmel embarrassed when he, when he's done with that scene? Does he feel like it worked? It clicked. This is a comedian, no. a, a, a comedy show host, allegedly, an edgy guy, a funny guy, and he's up there getting embarrassed, saying, louder, Jimmy, louder. It's like these BLM uh, activists or rioters who make people raise their fists in restaurants and say, Yeah, Black good thing Lives he wasn't Matter. eating brunch as he was, as Anthony Anderson was talking to him, right? <laughs> that, that is uncomfortable. And uh, um, congratulations to the whole cast of Shit's Creek. because It's a funny have... show. I don't know if you would like it, Jerry. Women and gays no. like Shit's Creek. My wife loves it, and she says, not for you, not for yeah. you. I don't know. Do you have I, you seen it, Dave? I've seen a couple episodes. I did. I didn't love it, but I uh, my wife actually wants to restart it. Just based that uh, son of uh, Eugene Levy, June Levy, yeah, whatever. Right. His son uh, was very political. Right? He's the gay guy. Yes. Yeah, and he was very political. So were a bunch of other winners. They didn't. If if they were told to stay away from politics, they disobeyed. Oh my! And God. they made it a very political show, and it bombed, which is a wonderful thing. Here's my here, here's my last uh, take on the ratings of Emmys, and th th I formulated this the last five minutes here. Good is I think that people only go to traditional television to watch sports and news, and the Emmys is an indicator of this because Schnitz Creek, Netflix show, all the other shows nominated, cable television stations, uh, Hulu, st like shit like that. Nobody goes really and gives a shit about network shows anymore. Stuff. Uh, like how that. did uh, I know? But awards shows used to be you know appointment viewing. You know, it was like. Oh, I didn't see that show, but maybe I'll check it out. When is uh, when is Ozark back? I'm so into Ozark. I can't wait for it to come back. We binged on it in the in the spring during the lockdown, and I'm that's the only show I care about now. My other shows like uh, Ray Donovan's been canceled, which sucks. I cannot believe uh, Mickey Donovan is gone. Um, but I'm just gonna wait for Ozark to come back, and until then, I'm gonna watch rioting, looting, debating. But my, but if um, more people though are home than ever, right? Like like on a Sunday night, right? So more people right. are home than ever. No one's going to the movies. There's, right. there's no there's no uh, theater. There's right. no concerts. So, so they're not watching the Emmys. They're not watching Sunday night football as much as last year. So what are they doing? They're watching Tucker. Not they're on, Sunday, on night. Sunday night. No, they're not watching. Well, that's uh, whatever that is. Mark Levin, Levin and I don't know. Yeah, he, it's a good yeah. question. I I felt like. Uh, this Sunday night, they should have had like a special, big, special Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing because it's such a wild, polarizing story. I don't know. Maybe they're, uh, uh, I know they're reading Forbes.com. They reading should be. They need, they need the right, before we get to that, and your latest, uh, we got to talk about Jason Whitlock, who it just writes the, who, who writes columns that are must read. And there used to be a bunch of guys that I felt were must read. Like Twitter's ruined the whole 
daily column ritual where there'd be guys and I'd be like, what does he have to say about that story, that issue? Whitlock on, if you haven't, uh, if you're not following him, uh, he writes for Outkick. He's with Clay Travis now and he writes like almost every day and they're just a must read. Yesterday, he wrote a wonderfully vicious uh, takedown of Katie Nolan. And I initially didn't really care about Katie Nolan, but it's worth reading anyway because it's it's revealing. He says Katie Nolan makes over a million bucks a year and she can't do live TV. He said everything she does is tape. What did he say? It takes her all day to do a 22 minute show that's on tape on that's uh, recorded. And he goes to the oh, various, not all day. Oh, it takes them all week. All week. I'm sorry to do a 22. That's our old show. Garbage time. Garbage yeah. time. Yes. And and but he goes through the various articles like uh, the the websites and magazines and you know GQ and awful announcing right. who've wrote these glow who have written these glowing tributes to Katie Nolan, and he points out that she's a product of privilege, and she is. I mean, she's been elevated in the business uh, because I don't know. She's a cute female and people really want to, certain people really want to see her succeed. And he, and he rips everybody, Stephen A. Smith and Dan Lebetard and other people at ESPN who have uh, helped in her ascension and uh, how it's just not, it's, it wasn't earned, you know, it's just not justified. Um, but you got to read it anyway. I've read it. I, I, I'm telling our listeners, okay. I'm telling our listeners, you got to read it anyway. Twitter, and we talk a lot about big tech censorship and big tech uh, being out of control in this election season, this political season. And it, they are. They keep taking followers away from me. I go down every day. And I've right. left the. And I have people. It's, who, I think it's because they're tweeting too often, Jerry. You, you used people, to tweet like a couple times a day. Now you I know. Tweet a well, I, got, I don't know, but I don't know if you're aware of this. I got a podcast to promote, okay? I and I don't it. have a lot of ways to do it. But every day I see people follow me who I thought were already following me. So they're like dropping them from my list of followers. Who? Like who's, uh, un- who's re-followed uh, just, you? You're like, oh, I thought they just, already were. Uh, people I, like uh, Lou Merloni one day ago. What the hell? He wasn't following me? He was, but they dropped them. Did he, he tell you that he was dropped? No, no. I don't talk to anybody about it. I do, you, know, you should. I don't, you should I'm message not gonna get, Lou and say what. I, I, well, then what? I don't want to get caught up in it because it'll drive me nuts. Big tech censorship is the most frustrating thing I, in the world. These people... As as and Clay Travis writes about this today, oh they they have this special exemption. They're not considered publishers, right? They're they they can't be sued. They have this carve out from Congress. They have these benefits from Congress, which are sickening from Republicans and Democrats because they get so much money from Google and Twitter and YouTube and you know everyone else. They have these this power to censor, you know, the president of the United States. But anyway, they tag. Jason Whitlock's, I mean, uh, Whitlock's column with a, uh, with a warning or the, a label. They call it sexist. Now, this drives me nuts. And we used to talk about this on the radio all the time. It's not sexist. It's the opposite of sexist. Sexist is if you say, I can't attack Katie Nolan like I would attack a guy because she's a female. That's sexist. What Whitlock did is the opposite. He attacked her and he w- it was, uh, like I said, wonderfully vicious. He doesn't like her. He thinks she hasn't earned her place. That's the way he would treat a guy. He treats her the same way. He's the opposite of sexist. And Twitter, these these big tech, these 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 big tech control freaks decide to label it and hurt. Obviously, hurt the. Uh, you know, the, I mean, the, it, it doesn't help to be labeled sexist or racist or homophobic or whatever. So some guy 
in some office in Silicon Valley says, I don't like this column. I'm going to put a label on it. And there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, it's a monopoly in many ways. We've got, talked about this with the with Turtle Boy. I mean, Google's a monopoly. They, they have government carve-outs, government um, benefits that allow them to control everything. That, to me, is just as much as a government entity doing it you know they and it's to- amazing i have more followers now than you on twitter i just looked <laughs> i lost that many Holy. take off the shea concrete hat and put on your tinfoil hat you sound insane right okay, now. what did i say that's wrong about that they're censoring you i mean i don't think you're on no, twitter's just, radar jerry me, no offense and i love trust, you but i don't think you're okay on trust radar. me alex when i see i'm getting new followers every day and my numbers are going down how Look, is that you're possible? tweeting too much. People are sick of it. No, just the opposite. And I follow lots of right wingers. You ever see what they do to James Woods and oh, Coulter? James and Coulter is not a real person. He's a robot. You don't think he exists? All these right wingers talk about how they're losing followers every day. It's oh my it's goodness! Out of all that we can all poor Ann Coulter has no platform. I mean, what a terrible thing. So you're you're in favor of big tech censorship. I hate big tech and I hate Facebook the most. It's curious how you all mention Facebook in your diatribes. It's because I'm, I'm not a Facebook guy. Dave is. He handles Facebook. I know and face, Jerry Callahan show is huge on Facebook. I know, and I leave that to, to uh Cullinan. He's more yeah, we're, we're actually, we're actually no longer uh live streaming the show on Twitter because they annoyed me. So we are well, we're on YouTube too, but we're basically exclusive. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, people actually have DM'd me asking what happened to the Twitter live stream. They, the service I use just keeps disconnecting, and I use Jerry's account and annoyed the hell out of me. So I said, screw him. So he pissed me off, and you're goodbye. I'm sorry. Shit. It's not a big deal. I, I can't believe you, Alex, are you know, not upset about big tech censorship. I hate big tech, but they're not censoring conservatives. They're actually amplifying conservatives. I just told you what they did to Whitlock. I told you exactly what Whitlock. they did. What did they do to Whitlock? His call was like explained what, it was all it over you. Twitter yesterday. What are you talking about? Right, and it's labeled sexist when it's just the opposite. I don't think they la- – okay, I think in like they, the Twitter news feed, right, Dave? They're like sexist calm. And I think it was the sexist calm from the standpoint that he's talking about our looks, bartending background. Did you read his Maria what? Taylor calm? That was like creepy. That like, okay, what's so up with- which which is it? He loves Maria Taylor. He – he, he, he wrote a he wrote a glowing tribute to he Maria a, Taylor. He wrote a, no, he wrote Which a one weird. Is sexist? It was a weird. I think the Maria Taylor one was way more sexist than the Katie Nolan one. Nolan it's, was a takedown. So you're the problem. Like no, no the Maria Taylor it, thing, Jerry. That was weird. He was like giving I her advice. So, he so, called her the unicorn. Like that's like weird. She's he, one of a kind. That's so weird. You, it was if, a weird column. What happens if uh, you, he writes a critical column of uh, you know an African American or whoever of of uh, Stephen A. Smith, and they label it racist. Is that how okay any, with you? My question is, I mean, how could anybody have such a strong opinion on Maria Taylor? Like, I've never really watched it. I don't know, but I appreciate it. What he did to Katie Nolan is, used to happen a lot more often. People are, like I said, playing scared. They're afraid of this, of being labeled sexist or being labeled whatever, racist, homophobic, xenophobic, whatever. So they back off. They they, they are afraid to say shit's Creek because they're so scared. Now, <laughs> Whitlock is fearless, which is why he's a must-read, and that column was great. Yeah, that column was great, and I don't even dislike Katie Nolan. I just appreciate occasionally a really wonderfully vicious takedown, and that's what it was. It wasn't sexist at all. But well, anyway. I mean, Whitlock had a good line in that. I mean, Katie Nolan did call Big Hardy a despicable human being. Whoa, you know, no, now a, that's she, brave. He did say that's that. Brave. Yes, that's brave. She took on Greg Hardy. Let me guess. She also uh, took on Ray Rice. He did actually. Ooh, yes, the NFL. That. I mean, she was you know calling the NFL out you know years you ago. Know, 
uh, you know who else she took on? Aaron Hernandez said he was a bad guy. No, sympathy for That's Aaron brave. Hernandez. That is really, no, 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 really no, no, no. brave. Jerry, sympathy for Aaron Hernandez. He was a troubled soul. You know what else? She hates Trump, I bet. That is brave. Ooh, man, you're in the sports media. You work at ESPN and you hate Donald Trump. That is gutsy. That's like yeah. that's right. like Jamel Hill or, right. or Dan Lebitard. I mean, that takes real balls. Is you know, like uh, Jamel Hill get another job yet? Every time I turn around, she got another job. She's uh, you know good. Well, she's very. Yeah, high I, I started listening to her podcast with Kerry oh, yesterday. Yes, I did, but nothing uh, nothing too exciting came out of it. Isn't but. it about the wire? Uh, no, she's got a new one. She's oh, not a new. No, 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 not a new one. She has her fir- her original Spotify exclusive, which is like Jamel Unfiltered or something like that. Oh know. God, yeah. Big Show Unfiltered. There you go. She's copying the Big O. There's That's no true. such thing it's as Unfiltered on the radio anymore. Those days are over. Jamel's gonna awkwardly syndicate her show on satellite radio or something. And on WGBG, the New Hampshire station. Liberals just keep getting jobs. We're on Conservatives get podcasts. They get canceled and they get podcasts and liberals just get more jobs than they can handle even though they get no ratings. Not this one. Um, How come I don't get the jobs? Give me jobs. uh, What else? What do you got going on? What have you written that you want, uh, that you'd like me to read? Um, we're going to write something today that I'd like you to read, Jerry. I'm going to write maybe about the masks, how I approve of the NFL with their mask fines. Okay. Well, you're going to have to address why Sean Payton and John Gruden have to wear masks when they've already had the virus. They've made it through. They're not going to get it again. Why do they have to wear a mask? Because it's it's a good look. As we've, it's a good look. Belichick looked really good in his mask. <laughs> Someone, so do you get fined if the mask doesn't actually cover your mouth? Because his, <laughs> his, his was on his nose. He looked like so Malcolm weird. McDowell in uh, Clockwork Orange. Um, uh, but they find these fines are huge. They're obviously designed to be deterrent. You could, uh, you could definitely. Uh, um, I guess I would find it ridiculous that that you're going to get fined three hundred fifty thousand for pulling your mask down, but you know you're a mask guy. You lo- you love the fact that the the mask Gestapo's out there keeping. I don't like it at all. But control look, if, of all of us. I don't I don't like it. But if the choice is wear a mask or you know have no society whatsoever, I would go out in a mask ten no times. No society. No society. But so you believe what Biden said that two hundred million people have died from coronavirus? At, at least, yeah. <laughs> Mass murder, says Alex Reamer. Here's where you oh, get people. Here's, don't, don't, yeah. Show me the lie. Um, the only person who's lied is Trump during this. Oh, uh, right, right. 200 million people have died. Gotcha. Anyway, that's Alex Reamer. You can read him on Forbes.com and uh, hear him on Outsports.com. Yep. That we can go to. Oh, hear do you, you know what? Do you know? Oh, do you know what I'm doing on my podcast for Outsports this week? I'm interviewing. Did you read about the transgender anarchist who's running for sheriff in New Hampshire? Yes, in New Hampshire, as a Republican. Um, um, and I'm interviewing her on my podcast this week. Uh, and her her slogan, her campaign slogan, is "F the police." Yes, I'm interviewing her on my. So that's something. So to look uh, that's to. a real viable candidate, strong candidate, Alex. Oh, you're, come, you're interview- interested in hearing from her. I guess, and I don't think she's a, a, a legit candidate. But hey, no, you, don't. you two kids will have fun. That'll be you can listen or find that at Outsports. Is that where they can go to listen to Alex interview yes. the lunatic transgender um, Republican Republican police yep. hater uh, lunatic? Yeah, go there and uh, listen to Alex. And what's her name? His name? Uh, uh, her name? I need to uh, Aria something. Hold on. <laughs> okay, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter, Alex. We'll. Uh, We'll be listening, pal. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, Aria DeMezzo. Aria DeMezzo. Okay. Yes. Um, 
Think we should get her on this podcast, Colin? That could be a good one. I awesome. emailed her. She got right back to me. She would do it. Yeah. What, what about a what about a crossover uh, episode between uh, the Jerry Callahan show and the Sports Kiki? Maybe that's, what do you call it? Kiki Kiki Sports Kiki. Kiki. The yep. Sports Kiki. Yeah, sports. So, what do you got? What does she got to do with sports? You're going to talk Nothing. about transgender track stars and I, 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 I will. I will get her take on that. But no, I mean, I I I seldom do sports on that one. It's just you know, I don't know. It's a podcast. We have fun. We kiki. Fun. I like fun. Yeah, that's right. me. I'm always having fun. You know that. You By are. the way, Jerry, uh, good good golf television this afternoon. Did you see this? Tiger and Justin Thomas versus Rory McIlroy and Justin Rose. Three o'clock. No, I didn't see yeah. that. That's for a charity? What's yeah, that? Uh, well, it's to promote Tiger's new golf course named after Payne Stewart. Uh, oh. uh, a nice little, so I hope they're all mic'd up. That could be a fun watch. So. That's true. That, that was a good one. Um, yes. I, it was better when you had Brady sh- shanking it and sculling it all over the course, but... Uh, they, when are they going to do another one of those? That was a good one, Brady and Manning, because you get yeah. to see Brady really, really struggle. Uh, and we were supposed to get Michael Jordan, I believe, or someone else uh, in the next big money match. Those those would fill the time. I'd watch that. This but, is a good idea, though. This should stay around. Like they play so many rounds leading up to you know their their you know Thursday or whatever practice rounds. Broadcast that shit. Play play skins matches or right. whatever. Like, I always I always thought that one. right. Pro, yeah. pro, you know, Mike, I'm up for the practice round. Give him some money if that's what it takes. Pro-ams, like I tell you what, the the big star now is DeChambeau, and not only because he's weird and he's big and he's kind of telegenic, but lots of people hate him. He's slow and he's methodical. He's annoying. He is very polarizing. Lots of people don't like him. So he's going to be like the the next Patrick Reed, where people tune in to root against him. Some people root for him, other people root against him, but that's what you need. He's a good, uh, you know, a good divisive figure in golf, and he'll be favored. He'll be favored to win the Masters. The next two majors are both Masters. They're both at Augusta, and he'll be favored to win them both because he hits it so freaking far, and he's so, he's just so big and strong and scary. But anyway, all right, Raymer, thanks, man. We will talk to you again uh, next week. Talk to you then, Jerry. Uh, don't forget if you'd like to join, you know, Reamer at the big rally at, uh, the Boston right. police headquarters at one o'clock today in Roxbury, Boston police headquarters, turtle boy will be there with the turtle riders protesting for conservative black lives. It's a very important, uh, issue and they're fighting for free speech and conservative black lives. And there may be, there may be violence. It's, I'm just going to say Kurt turtle boys prepared. He's got his people. We'll see what happens. We'll Would talk not to him shock about that if Turtle Boy gets the shit kicked out of him today. Would not. No, shock we don't him. want that. We don't want. We don't that, want it, but, but it wouldn't shock. Him. All right. But if they, but if he does, let's hope he's got the video rolling. Yes. We, uh, maybe he'll make, uh, you know, make national news. Uh, but anyway, thanks Reamer and thanks Cullinane. Thanks to DCU and to Shade Concrete and to Allied Paving for all our uh, sponsors and support. We appreciate it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.